So we've been uh, going over the, the series, The Holy Spirit, The Forgotten God, um, and that's up there. Reversing our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. It's pretty harsh. Yeah, I must admit. But um, I've got one piece of scripture I want to read, and, and I want to do something a bit different. I wonder if we could all stand while we read the Word of God this morning. Can we do, can we do that this morning? Yeah, we, we cool with that? Yep, and the scripture's going to come up on the screen there. Uh, we're going to be reading from the New King James Version, the authorized, uh, only King James Brown Version. Uh, and we have there Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, and we're going to go right through to um, chapter 4, verse 4. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you can open them up and read along, or you can read along with, with what's on the screen. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus said, uh, answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Holy Spirit, help us today to understand your word. Give us revelation, be our teacher and our helper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take your seat. Give someone a high five on your way down. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the... uh, Reversing our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. All right, and Pastor Anthony has been doing an amazing job these last three weeks preaching. I'll tell you what, it's easy to preach about feasts and tabernacles and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's a little bit different. Yeah? So he's done an amazing job, and, and we've been so blessed by your messages so far, Pastor Ants. But who is the Holy Spirit? I'll, I'll read you uh, what Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 63, if you're taking notes. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. I think the biggest problem that we have as Christians today is the neglect of the Holy Spirit. When we stop letting the Holy Spirit lead us and teach us, we tend to rely on our own abilities. So when we read the Word of God, we translate it rather than interpret it. Yeah? And so we end up at a place where we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit and we walk around oblivious to the spiritual world, the supernatural world. Yeah? Tap your neighbor, tell him he's talking about you this morning. <laughs> the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our teacher. Yeah? Two people believe that this morning. Amen. Yeah? Right, the Holy Spirit is not a power. He is all-powerful. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He is God behind the force. 
The Holy Spirit's not a new idea. He didn't just show up at the baptism of Jesus. He was there before the earth was. Yeah? I think when we translate the Word of God and, and we try to describe the Holy Spirit, we use terms like the third person of the Trinity and, and with all good intentions, but our Babylonian mindset tells us that if he's third, then there's got to be a first and there's got to be a second. And so rather than see it for what it truly is, we see it as a hierarchy. Because we think that first is better than second, right? I mean, if the All Blacks came third today, you guys would be a lot quieter than you are now. Yeah? So we, we tend to translate these things in a hierarchy form. So the Holy Spirit gets diminished to a force and a power instead of us seeing him as God and equal with the Father and Son. In fact, it's hard for us to comprehend the fact that there can be three persons in perfect unity having all power and authority at the same time. And Pastor Ants has been uh, using the word Elohim a bit in this in the service. And um, when I see the word Elohim, all I see is one perfect family. Yeah? Okay. So, I'll just have a water. That's why I didn't want the headset. We see the Holy Spirit in the beginning of the Bible. Genesis, chapter 1, yeah? Better sheep in the Hebrew. Uh, in the beginning, Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Hebrew writer uses this amazing word, ruach. The word that we've been listening to the last three weeks, ruach. It says ruach is, well, translated ruach is breath or, or, or wind. Interpreted, it means the spirit. Because the Hebrew says, Viruach Elohim mirashifet alpine hamayim. The spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Why? Because God's desire is to see his reflection in his creation. And we get to day one, two, three, four, five. We get to day six, and it says that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And when God couldn't see his reflection in the dirt, the, the dirt bag, he breathed his spirit into man. And man became a living soul. And when Adam took his first breath and he opened his eyes, the first thing he saw was God face to face. We see the Holy Spirit in the story of Noah. Lamech. Noah's father says this, he says in Genesis 5, uh, 29, the Bible says, and he called his name Noah saying, this same, this same shall comfort us, everyone say comfort us, concerning the work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord God has cursed. Noah means comfort. So we can learn a thing or two about the Holy Spirit in the story, yeah? Because the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our teacher. So, Fast track 600 years and, and Noah's just built this ark and he climbs into the ark with his wife and his kids, his boys and, and their wives and all the animals that will repopulate the earth. I would have taken the opportunity to kill the mosquitoes myself, maybe let the, the frogs eat them. 
But Noah's in the ark. And the Bible says that the ark is upon the face of the waters. And then the Bible says that God remembers Noah. He hadn't forgotten about him. But he remembers Noah and all the people in the ark, the animals and everyone that would repopulate the earth. And so he sends a ruach over the waters. The same word we find in Genesis 1-2. He sends a ruach, his spirit, over the waters. And then we read that the ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat as the waters subside. And then Noah opens up the window. There's only one window in the ark and it was above so that his view was only that way. He opens a window and he lets out a dove. Like we saw in Matthew chapter 3. He lets out a dove. And what happens is the dove goes out of the ark and it says that it couldn't find anywhere for its, the sole of its foot to rest. It hovered over the waters. The funny thing about Noah, I, I, I always have to laugh about it, is that he turns into a drunk <laughs> at the end of it. And, and just saying that if, if I was locked up in a zoo for a little under a year with my family, it'll probably drive me to drink too. But <laughs> we, we see the Holy Spirit in the story of the exodus of the children of Israel. Moses leads them out of Egypt into where? The wilderness. They're led by the Spirit. In fact, Moses' name was given to him by Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, she was down the river one day, and she found Moses in a basket. Where? Upon the water. Moses leads the children of Israel into the wilderness. They're following the cloud by day and the fire by night. The Holy Spirit is leading them in the wilderness. Yeah? But then something interesting happens. They start to complain. They start to complain to their pastor. Hey, hey, Pastor Moses, we're getting hungry. We don't feel like we're getting fed. I want some meat. They didn't have meat. They had onions and garlic in Egypt. Hey, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm getting fed. And so God hears their cry and he sends the quail in the evening. And the manna in the morning. In fact, the word manna means, what is this? They didn't know what it was, even though it was from heaven. This is what Moses said to them uh, in, in Deuteronomy, 8, uh, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, um, just before they were crossing over into the promised land. He said, so he humbled you, talking to the children of Israel. <clears throat> so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This gets me to my point this morning. That man shall not live by bread alone. There's two Greek words in the New Testament that, that is used or translated as word. Uh, the first one is logos. So 
It's where we get the word logic from, our, our mental reasoning, the Logos. So in the, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, the mind of God. That's the first Greek where the second word that's used there, and, and some of us may have already heard of it, is rhema. And if you're old like me, you've heard of a station called Radio Rhema. I don't listen to it yet. Maybe if you're a little bit older than me, you listen to Radio Rhema. We know it as. Rhema, translated as utterance, but interpreted as breath. Because who knows, you can't utter anything without breathing. You ever tried holding your breath and saying something? It is the breath or the, or the breathed word of God. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by the breathed word of God. And the breath of God is the Holy Spirit. Are you someone who's led by the Holy Spirit this morning? Two reasons why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Number one is to become sons of God. Now, before you cast the first stone, oh, he is without sin. Just let me explain. So Jesus is standing in the Jordan. John baptized me. John's like, you want me to baptize you? You should be baptizing me. Allow it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is what Jesus says. So John baptizes him in the Jordan. As soon as Jesus comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And then we hear a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, my huios, and who I am well pleased. At that instant moment, Jesus went from technon to huios. Sorry for the theology this morning, but technon means a child. And we're all children of God. You know, why didn't God say this over Jesus earlier in his life? He was 30 years old at that that stage. He went to church. He paid his tithes. He read the Bible. He sang in the choir. He went to life group. He even had a prophecy over his life. Why did God wait till then to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? So that moment, Jesus went from technon to huios. Technon as a child in the Bible. When we had Harper Rose, I mean, you put her in a room with 40 other babies and we wouldn't have guessed which one was ours. And in fact, children don't show the characteristics or the likeness of their parents till they get older. It's funny, like, we, we, we go to pack and save and, and especially the darker skinned people would look at Harper because she's quite fair and with a big smile on their face and they'd look at me and it would change from a smile to confused sort of a look. Why? Because she's not reflecting my character, my likeness. But when you get to a place of huios, the Greek word huios means to reflect the character and the likeness of the parent. See, now Harper's starting to show the attributes of her mum. She loves shopping. She loves shoes. She takes my money. <laughs> but, but seriously, I can see the call of God on her life. She's going to be a warrior for God, moving in the supernatural realm. I can see that at an early age. She's moving into huios, and the Spirit of God takes us from technon to huios. 
This is what Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The huios. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, sons of God, huios to theos. The second point I want to make this morning, and we're going to allow a bit of time for ministry this morning, so I was, I'm trying to be mindful of that. The second reason why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit is to stand against the devil. Where did the Holy Spirit take Jesus? Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. See, if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, all the devil needs to do is just lean on you just a little bit and you collapse like a house of cards. You stop praying. You stop fellowshipping at the local church. You start looking for something else in your life to worship. You become self-centered, you turn it into an idol, you start complaining about God and all his people, and you end up breaking all ten commandments at once. Tap your neighbor say, he's not talking about you today. <laughs> I was talking about the children of Israel. The children of Israel are in the wilderness, and they stop relying on the Spirit of God. They would rather go back to Egypt than that way with the Spirit. They start complaining to Moses that we're hungry. Moses goes up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, and he's gone for 40 days. And while he's gone, they start complaining to the pastor that's in charge. Where's God? We're not hearing from God. This Moses guy, he must be dead. We haven't seen him for ages. And so they convince the pastor, the priest, Aaron, to give them something else to worship. He says, give me your earrings. So they pass all the gold earrings to him. He melts the gold down, and he makes this golden calf, and they begin to worship it. Idolatry. Then Moses comes down from the mountain, and he sees what's happened, and he smashes the Ten Commandments. See, what stops us from being led by the Holy Spirit is spiritual bondage. Egypt is bondage. In, in basic English, complacency. When we don't want to get up and pray in the morning. When we don't allow the Spirit of God to lead us in our daily lives. The children of Israel have become so accustomed to the Egyptian bondage they were used to being told when to get up when to eat when to work where to work when to go to sleep see it was uncomfortable for them to be in the wilderness not realising that where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty but they were so used to being told what to do it was easier in Egypt sure they had a hard time but they didn't have to step out of their comfort zone One, one morning, Moses is out for a walk and he sees an Egyptian, because Moses is Hebrew, he sees this Egyptian giving one of the Hebrew guys a hiding. And he says, well, sorry, he, he looks around to see if anyone's watching and he kills the guy. Yep, the same Moses that we, we're talking about in Exodus. 
kills this Egyptian slave master that's beating the crap out of this Hebrew. And then he hides him in the sand. And then the next day he's out for a walk and these two Hebrews are going at it with each other. And he says to the one that's, that's beating up the other one, he says, what are you doing that to your friend for? And the Hebrew says this, something really interesting. He says, who made you a prince and a judge? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? See, they become so accustomed to it that their mind became that of an Egyptian. He felt that his future was exactly the same as the Egyptians. He was not willing to let go and let God. Have you settled in Egypt this morning? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you daily? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every breath that comes out of the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit is our comforter and our teacher. He's there for a reason. You know, have you been walking with God and then your walk's gone downhill because you've turned around and gone back to Egypt? See, it's a daily thing to get manna from heaven. They had to collect it every morning and, and that was it. You just grab enough for the day. You know, you can't rely on your pastor's anointing or prayers. You can't rely on the worship team to bring you into the presence of God. Pastor Ants preached last week about when he was on kids' church and, and he was walking out the, the hallway at the back here and um, someone said to him, well, don't you get fed spiritually? And he said, I ate before I came. Did you eat before you come this morning? Or is Sunday the day that you get nourished? And then you walk out of here and then Monday comes and then the week hits you and then you struggle for the rest of the week. Church, we need the Holy Spirit daily. Not a force, not a power that we turn on like a light switch when we need Him. Prevention is better than a cure. He is our teacher. He is the one who brings revelation to the Word of God for us. It's not Pastor Ants, it's not me, it's not the music team, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals the breathed Word of God. You can translate the Bible all you want, but unless you interpret it with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be just Logos to you. There'll be no rhema in it.